Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome to this special edition of the Sermon Podcast. It's Christmas Eve, and I look forward to um, sharing some thoughts with you for this sermon that I'll preach later today at our Christmas Eve service. And I hope that you are uh, in a place today that you are surrounded by those that you love and who love you. I am going to be starting, uh, of course, reading from the common passage that we read this time of the year from the Gospel of Luke. This is Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, The shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem, and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. The holidays can bring out uh, creativity in some of us in doing things with uh, our hands and arts and crafts. And my wife, for example, has taken on the project of making herself uh, a stocking uh, for several years. She had made stockings for myself and her two kids, but the stock, her stocking was the one that she had as a little girl. So she finished it this year. So we're all very proud of her. Uh, and as thinking about different things that people do arts and crafts and Christmas time, I thought about scrapbooking. I don't know if scrapbooking, I know for a while it was a pretty big uh, trend. Uh, Many people were doing scrapbooking. I don't know if people are doing it quite as much, but uh, I read an article a few years ago about a woman named Lori Tenold and the scrapbooking project that she took on. Lori grew up in Southeast Iowa, went through an abusive household and immersed herself in music and calligraphy and scrapbooking in order to heal. And so including in this scrapbooking project was making a scrapbook, a scrapbook that featured all of her former classmates from high school. After graduating in 1981, she went through and found wedding announcements and births of children, business ventures, deaths, 
second marriages, uh, the athletic successes of children, birth announcements of grandchildren. And so she went through this process of clipping out all these articles and making this big scrapbook about her classmates. And in the story, she says this, each of the 82 graduates of the class of 1981 are represented, whether, regardless of whether I like them, she said, I felt like they should still be represented. Everyone has a life and course of events that is noteworthy. She continued by saying, I brave my fears by keeping up with the scrapbook. I'm loving them from afar. And I'm always kind of interested in hearing what children have to say when they think about God uh, and images of God. And not surprisingly, images of God are sometimes conflated with Santa Claus, old guy with a beard, watching everything, whether you're doing naughty or nice. And maybe it's not even children who do that. I guess probably some adults do too. And I think that's why today, Christmas Eve, is so important. It's more than just retelling the story about these two young parents. It's more than just describing that there's no room at the inn and singing away in a manger. In fact, talking about Christmas is a remarkable theological statement. It's a statement, profound statement, about who God is. Christmas, or sometimes in the church we say the incarnation, is a defining moment for Christians. It says that God is not just up in the sky looking down, checking off whether we're naughty or nice, being amused by it all. As wonderful as this project is that Lori Tennold did, God is not like Lori Tennold. God is not just simply watching other people's lives and recording it in a big book. God does not say, I'm loving them from afar. Christmas is a huge answer to that statement. God comes near. We were watching a movie the other day with my family called The Man Who Invented Christmas. It's a movie about the creation of the story A Christmas Carol written by Charles Dickens. I don't know how historically accurate the movie is, but I think kind of a lovely thing that the movie does is it portrays Dickens and his writing process of trying to get into his head and how did he come up with these characters like Scrooge and Marley and Tiny Tim, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. And the way the movie portrays it is really quite remarkable. Dickens is there in his study just agonizing over what to write. And then he begins to get into another state of mind where the characters become real and they enter into his office. There's Scrooge and there's Dickens and Scrooge talking to one another. And there are all the different ghosts and all these different characters. And Dickens is talking to them and wrestling with them and trying to figure out where to go with these characters. Dickens, in a sense, puts himself into the story in order that these characters can truly come to life and be who they are meant to be. I think this is a wonderful statement about what God did that night when the angels appeared to the shepherds, telling them this good news of great joy. God wrote God's self into the story so that we might know who truly God is. God wrote God's self into the story so that God would not be simply a scrapbooker in the sky, not simply a Santa Claus-like character who checks off naughty and nice, that God is not 
someone who is unfazed and unmoved by the things that we do here and now. Instead, God wrote God's self into the story, and it was done through the guise of this tiny, helpless, poor, homeless child. God did this as a way perhaps to wrestle with us and so that we might become truly who we were created to be so that we would progress into fuller life. But we could only do this if God really drew near and God did just that. Many years ago, uh, our daughter was probably two, three, four years old, somewhere in there. And as children go through that phase, as they are infants and don't sleep uh, terribly well, but then they get to a point where they're sleeping, but then they get a little bit older and then you move them to the big boy or big girl bed. And then they get out of that bed and come in and tell you that they can't sleep. And for a, a while, our daughter was going through that phase too. And she would go and come into our room and tell us that she couldn't sleep. So then we would try and go back and let her know and everything's going to be okay. And sometimes we would just sit in a chair that was in her room and that's all she needed so that she knew that we were close and in the same vicinity. And that helped her to relax and assured her that everything was going to be okay. But there was one night I remember when she kept coming back and forth in our room and So I went into her room and I sat in the chair and it was clear that that was not going to be enough. So I finally decided to actually get into bed with her so that she could feel my close presence. I wasn't in the chair across the room. I was next to her so that I could feel and hear her breathing so that she could feel my warmth and my strength and my presence so that she could feel safe and she could fall asleep. Friends, that's what the incarnation does. That's what Christmas is all about. God coming near. God did not simply yell out and say, I'm here for you. I'm watching everything that's going on. I'm taking good notes. No, God doesn't simply say from afar, you know what? It's going to be okay. God wrote God's self into the story. God drew ever so close so that we would know of that warmth and that strength and that presence so that we could feel an overpowering powering belief, an overpowering sense that helps us to know that we are not alone, helps us to give us rest, and hopefully gives us confidence to rise again and live our lives more fully in the way that we were created to be, in the way that we were shown in Christ. That is what I hope Christmas can be for all of us. Not just this time of celebration with family and friends, but as this radical, revolutionary reminder of the creator of the universe coming to us in this way, drawing close as a reminder that we are not alone, even in days when we feel that so deeply. But when we have those moments, when we wonder if truly God is near, hopefully we can remember the Christmas story. We remember the baby, God being made flesh, and others acknowledging, seeing, sensing, and rejoicing in this powerful good news. This is the promise of Christmas. 
And may it affect and impact who we are so that we can be for others the flesh, the body of Christ, so that others might know that they are not alone too. Amen. Well, friends, uh, I hope uh, that you have a, a blessed Christmas. I'm particularly conscious of those who may be alone this holiday or may be having uh, severe conflict with family or friends. And so uh, I know we throw out lines like, may the peace of Christ be with you. But I do hope that there might be some way that God does come near in your own life. And as always, you can reach out to me, Christian at urbanvillagechurch.org or on Twitter. I'm at Christian Kuhn. I'm always happy to connect with folks, particularly this time of the year. Also, I want to make a quick pitch, if it's okay, uh, for folks. I hear from time to time people say, oh, I love listening to your podcast, which is great, which is why we love to do this. And I know we draw listeners from all over the country. And um, it would be a super Christmas gift to us. Uh, we don't make this gift, or we don't make this ask very often, but if you could go to urbanvillagechurch.org slash give and uh, leave a little donation to our church so that we can continue this ministry, that would be uh, super helpful. And we'll put the link in the Podbean page for that. And so friends, until a couple weeks, uh, I hope and pray that the blessedness of Christmas uh, can be with you uh, this day and also into 2019 as well.